He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. I've got a treat for you guys. Today, I sit down with Aura Nadrich, thought coach and author of Time to Awaken, Changing the World with Conscious Awareness, and we're talking about transhumanism. Transhumanism is a philosophical and scientific movement that advocates the use of current and emerging technologies such as genetic engineering, cryonics, artificial intelligence, and nanotechnology to augment human capabilities and improve the human condition. The aim of some is even to eliminate death. <laughs> if you're a Matrix fan, it's time to decide if you're going to take the red pill or the blue pill. So let's talk to Aura and hear her views on transhumanism. Hi, Aura. How are you? I'm good, Laura. How are you? Yeah, it is so amazing to talk to you today. I thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Sure. Yeah. So I don't think transhumanism is a thing that is on a lot of people's radar. Um, can you tell me how you got interested in it? And um, yeah. <laughs> well, I will say that it's getting on more people's radar because we're in the 21st century. Our technology is advancing exponentially. And for anyone who's aware of artificial intelligence, I mean, there's even a whole dispute going on in Hollywood right now with the strikes. And part of the uh, problem is introducing AI into the film industry. So these are things that people need to be aware of. It's not just sort of some hidden knowledge that only a few of us know about. It is growing exponentially and that people are becoming more aware of it. Specifically to how I got involved in it is that I wrote a book, my most recent book called Time to Awaken, Changing the World with Conscious Awareness. And I really took a deep dive into so many areas that I was interested in knowing about because the world has changed radically over the last three years and it's changing daily. And you know, you're not gonna see this on your national news mostly, uh, but you really need to know about the changes that are coming down the pike because they're moving very quickly. And transhumanism is something that I explored and I was just really blown away by it, to be honest with you, because I was aware of something called the World Economic Forum, which is an organization that uh, basically is a bunch of global elites and they have an agenda of how they think the future is going to evolve. And they talk about something called the New World Order. And when you start to really chip away and, and do a deep dive into these areas, you see that a lot of these 
technologies are really what is being brought in, it's being ushered in. So for example, where transhuman specifically, transhumanism specifically falls into place is transhumanism, transhumanism is the transcending of our physical biology. So what does that mean really? It means that, you know, we've got computers and we've got robots. I just posted something today on my social media, uh, my Instagram stories that blew people away. And it was literally, robots, AI robots that are speaking and speaking like you and I, and you ask them a question and they answer. And it's just mind blowing how advanced this technology is becoming. Now, there are a lot of people that consider themselves transhumanists, meaning they really subscribe to these beliefs that we should be more like computers and more like robots. And you've got something like Elon Musk, who's introduced Neuralink, even though he himself has stated that artificial intelligence is one of the greatest threats to our humanity. But you've got a lot of futurists who really believe in these things. They think, okay, we're in the future. We are, you know, heading into more advanced technology like ways of being. We need to embrace it. And transhumanism to me was very disturbing because it's very devoid of any kind of human or spiritual um, attributes, if you will. It's very uh, science and computer based, and it's very um, cold. And it's uh, a lot of what I discovered about transhumanists is that they have no real spiritual identity. And that and not that you have to subscribe to believing in God, but a lot of them are atheists and they really are um, very excited about bringing in this transhumanism into our lives. So that's what got me interested. And I read Ray Kurzweil's book, who's a Google engineer. And the book was for me horrifying. I was like, whoa, this is really scary stuff. Now, a lot of transhumanists would probably say, or perhaps Ray Kurzweil, if I was talking to him directly, he'd say, well, what's the problem? We're in the future. And it's inevitable that we're going to become more like computers and more like robots. And robots have been created. You can't uh, turn that around. That train has left the station. So people need to be aware of this. And you know, one of the things that I think that is most important is that we as humans are building these technologies. We're creating these technologies that are so advanced. And even artificial intelligent researchers in Silicon Valley have concerns about, well, what if this artificial intelligence outsmarts us? And suddenly we're enslaved by the very things that we've created. So for people who are, are don't get it, who who never heard of this, you know, they think, okay, this is the Jetsons. This is not going to happen in my lifetime. Can you give some examples of some of the technologies that already exist? Well, let's just take artificial intelligence. I mean, within the last six months, I will speak for myself personally. I get solicited all the time by companies that would like AI to do the work for me, which means that I wouldn't have employees. I would have AI doing my website, writing copy for me, doing basically everything I need for my business. Well, wow. I mean, that is here. That's not like Jetsons. That's in I real time. Too. Yeah, I get those okay, same so there's, 
So there's that. Now let's talk about what's going on in the film industry now with all the strikes that are happening. One of the concerns that they have is that AI is going to take over the industry, which means AI will write the scripts. You won't need script writers. You can literally create images from actors and use, you know, their their looks, the way they speak, their mannerisms. You can create it through artificial intelligence. I mean, this is real stuff and it's happening very quickly. Another thing that's advanced in our technology that people can notice today is, for example, things like there are markets that you can go into that no longer will take money. They require a um, QR code or they require you to basically take your hand and move it over some kind of a device or put your thumb on it, which is, you know, some people believe it's a way to collect your data. It's like data mining or, you know, um, other nefarious things. So start to pay attention to how you see things changing right before your eyes, because I think this is a prelude to what's coming. And I really wrote a book about people waking up so that they're not asleep. And suddenly one day they go to an ATM machine. I just saw this posted today that ATM machines are starting to close down because there's the theory that they're doing away with cash and that people are going to have to do things like that when they go to the market and pay with a QR code. So this is not, it sounds very science fiction. And you said the Jetsons, we all grew up watching that. Well, the future is here. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people, especially young people, you know, they grew up with more of it. So they didn't live in a world that didn't have it. And they think that it's, it's great. Like, you know, there are implants that help people hear. There are bionics that can help, you know, the, the health related things, which I think are good. But when we get into the things like you can choose your eye color and you can start manipulating your genetics, I think it gets a little there become some ethical concerns. So do you do you have any ethical concerns about transhumanism? You know, that's a really good question. And I have pondered that myself because when I did the research, I wanted to look at it from all angles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we thought maybe 20 years ago or however many years ago where, you know, scientists and doctors presented that one day we would have organ transplants, you know, or we would have robotics, or we would have doctors that don't do surgeries with their hands, but they're literally using a joystick, and it is an actual, you know, robot that's doing surgery, we would have said, that's crazy. I mean, that's really, really crazy. Well, that, in fact, is happening today. What does come up is, where does it go too far? Do you know where you have to really consider the ethical and the moral considerations of those choices that we're making and you know with advanced technology happening as quickly as it is what does come up and you have to look at the particular people that are involved like you have to look at someone like a Mark Zuckerberg who created metaverse which is really creating an alternate reality and you look at somebody like um, Elon Musk, even though he's hard to read because I think he speaks out of both sides of, of his mouth. He's got Neuralink, which is about microchipping human beings, but yet he says artificial intelligence is the greatest threat to humanity. It really brings to mind a, a God complex. Where that comes to mind for me 
personally is when it starts to go too far and it starts to go into a direction where we're having people tell us what our future is going to look like. And that's why I, I take, you know, a great, there's great concern for me about something like um, when I hear the World Economic Forum speak about this new world order or these agendas that they have in mind for us. And I really recommend people to research this themselves. These were considered conspiracy theories. It's out in the open today. These are not things that are hidden. They're very accessible to people. And I highly recommend they do the research. So to your question, Laura, specifically, yeah, there, there are moral and ethical considerations we need to have because something can just go completely south. And when you start to introduce something like, you know, artificial intelligence or these robots that I saw today and I posted it on my site, it was it was like you it was hard to wrap your head around watching this this uh, robot you can search her on um it's really considered a female and she has a name um where when you hear her speak it just you think you're in the jetsons you really do you ask her a question or you ask this computer i don't know if they're genderizing these computers but they did call her by a female name and when you hear them answer, it's chilling. I mean, it's just, it boggles, about, yeah. Yeah, it boggles the mind. So I do believe that we could really go too far. And it is something that should concern everybody. The thing that concerns me is, is the personal piece of it. B big picture too, for sure. But I think there's a lot of people who want the, um, like the intellectual boost. If I can take a nootropic and get an intellectual boost, am I going to do that? Sure. Am I going to have a better opportunities than other people because I'm smarter? Yes. If I can um, design my body to be exactly the way that I want it to be and my kids to be exactly the way that I want it to be. I think a lot of people are going to jump on that because of the core insecurities. Exactly. You're, you're correct. And I believe that too. And I think it's going to get more and more uh desirable you've also got the consideration of convenience it's yeah. easier to go like oh i can go in the market and go like this and i don't have to bring in a credit card they don't need my cash i don't even have to consider any of that it lightens my load you know and that speaking to a younger demographic i think you're gonna have a lot of younger people that might find it very sexy to get a microchip and go oh how cool i can open my car by just going like this because I've got a microchip in my wrist, you know, that is a big concern because you are targeting the younger generations and they're already being prepared. You can look at babies and toddlers today. They're all on the smartphones. They're all on these, you know, their um, tablets. It's not how you and I grew up. So they're already, it's going to be uh, second nature for them to use technology in these ways, do you know? And I think it's going to only get more and more advanced, you know, and there are times where I've looked at it from an existential point of view, like I thought, okay, we're in the future. We're advancing so quickly that these technologies are what we've created and they're available to us. And one could say that about when the atomic bomb was created. One can say that about, you know, a lot of things that we've created prior you know, we can say that about the internet, the dangers of the internet, you know, man creates these very advanced technologies 
And then we wonder whether or not we're going to destroy ourselves. You know, it's a real conundrum and it's a real, you know, sort of puzzle, if you will. We create these advanced technologies and then we're concerned as to whether we're going to self-destruct. I see that. And I, I'm for progress, too. Um, I don't think we should live in the Stone Age. And yet the pace at which we are advancing, I think, is not in alignment with nature, especially when we look at genetics and how we're reprogramming people. Um, and, and I'm very concerned about the implications of that because I think it's taking consequences away. When you do something in nature, nature has a cycle and it will rebalance itself. But this is going so fast. I don't I don't think that that can happen. Yes, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of things that are being presented to us that are already, I want to say, present, preparing us for what is coming. For example, you know, when you talk about, you know, genetic selection and, you know, being able to pick the color of your baby's hair skin, eyes, and who knows what else. They're already showing us, and I was watching a um, series, the name escapes me right now, uh, starring Rachel Weiss. Um, it's like double identity, or it's these twin sisters, and they own a birthing center. And it's really preparing you for the fact of how women can one day have babies outside their body. It's already happening. It started with surrogacy. Mm -hmm. And now you've got a lot of young women. I think Paris Hilton is, you know, she went public about that. You've got the Kardashians that go public about, you know, how surrogacy is just the new normal. Oh, how great. I don't have to carry a baby, you know, for nine months. I don't have to get sick. I don't have to get stretch marks. I don't have to, you know, uh, ruin my body. So you're already making these things very desirable desirable for people. So then you have the first phase of that, which is surrogacy. Then you're already getting the, the next phase of it, which is having babies out of human bodies and having babies in pods, do you know? And they're talking about this already. They're talking about these birth centers where this is going to be available. Well, there's gonna be generations that are going to probably think that's pretty great. Yeah. And look at, you know, look, I try to take a, you know, a sort of glimpse into the future. You know, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know how this is going to play out. But I think maybe one day the things that are normal to us will seem very, very archaic. And that, you know, maybe they'll go, oh, can you believe it? They used to carry babies in their bellies. How weird is that? That's so barbaric. It's so animalistic. Maybe they'll think that way one day. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. I like being a human. <laughs> you know, you that thank you for saying that, Laura, because if we don't think that way, we will succumb and we will allow for these technologies and these people who really are in control of telling us what we can and cannot do and how we should do things and how we should live and how we should birth and what we should eat, because this is all coming down the pike. I mean, this is already being talked about. Do you know, it's like if you look into the mission statement of the World Economic Forum, it's like you'll own nothing and you'll be happy and you'll eat crickets. They're already using meat as a way to say that that's contributing to climate change, like the gases that that uh, cows emit is causing climate change. I mean, we have to be very mindful as a mindfulness practitioner. I really encourage people to be very aware, be very awake 
to what they see around them, to what they hear and go, mm, that doesn't make sense, or that's strange, or I don't believe that, or that sounds kind of crazy. Why should I go along with that narrative? And we were shown that over the last three years, there were a lot of things that were told to us that we should believe. And a lot of people need to be told what to believe or what to do. Well, not so fast. There are a lot of people now that are going, mm, I don't know, a lot of things are coming out now that are showing us that we were misled and we were even lied to. You know, our health organizations have come out and said things like, oh, the COVID vaccine didn't stop transmission, didn't stop you from getting COVID. Oh, the masks didn't really work. I mean, you've, you've inoculated millions of people all over the world who went along with being told what to do without informed consent. And they just trusted their health organizations and their government in hopes that they were telling them the truth. I think that was a real preparation for us to question things more readily next time. Don't just accept what's being told to you because it's an authority figure, do you know? And that's how conspiracy theories get propagated where people use that term, oh, that's a conspiracy theory, because we know that that was created when people questioned John F. Kennedy's assassination. Yeah. So, you know, when did it become so wrong to ask questions? So I think we need to ask questions about everything, you know, what you and I are talking about, things that are going to come down the pike where we're going to, again, just listen carefully and don't just trust your local news or your, you know, sort of predictable news sources, dig deeper. So, you know, somebody just asked me something the other day, I sent them a bunch of information that they knew nothing about. And they said, well, gee, I guess I got to dig deeper. And I said, yeah, I think you do. And I think people need to have conversations like this, not to tell them what to think, but just to hear different sides of the the conversation without the, without the agenda. Because I think a lot of times what happens is you're told what it is. And if you don't believe that now you're ostracized. I, I know I believe in freedom. I believe in freedom of thought. I believe in conversations and curiosity. And again, that's part of being human and the joy of having that experience. I don't want to be a robot. Yeah, I don't want to be a robot either. And I also don't want to be censored because I don't want to be a robot. You know, we just experienced uh, three years of censorship and cancel culture in one of the freest and most democratic countries in the world, America. I mean, for those that don't know, the censorship is off the charts. Yeah. You know, you don't go along with a particular narrative you get canceled, you get censored. It's freedom of speech. You, you may not agree, we can respectfully disagree. Right. What happened to civil discourse? So somebody comes out with this, you know, somebody could be listening to your, you and I and what we're talking about go, oh, that's crazy what they're talking about. Like that's out there. Oh, they must be two conspiracy theorists. Do you know, I mean, okay, you can think that way. I feel that people need to not bury their, heads in the sand and start to become more aware about the very things you and I are talking about today. And so what is your um, suggestion? What's your solution? I think my suggestion is really, and it's it's really the thrust of my book, Time to Awaken. I really, I, there's a lot of information in my book. I mean, I really went out on a limb. As a mindfulness practitioner, I really talk a lot about being aware. And, and how are you aware? You're awake. You know, when we're in a semi-conscious state, we are theoretically half asleep. And that's the state we're in when we're actually sleeping at night. 
So I really encourage people to just be very vigilant about being aware of the changes that they're seeing, to really, you know, think for themselves, to use their critical thinking skills, to not be pressured to make decisions hastily, and especially about your health. Don't be, you know, quick to make decisions about your health. Do your own research, you know, or do the research that you need to do that makes you feel comfortable about the things that you're curious about. I'm very pleased to see on social media so many people, more than I've ever seen, that are talking about things like what you and I are talking about of all ages and in all sectors and in all parts of the world that they're really curious. They're like, that doesn't make sense. Or I want to know more about transhumanism or I want to know why this happened or I want to know why this is being told to me is true. That doesn't resonate for me. That doesn't ring true. So my really my top suggestion would be is for people not just to rely on their local news or their typical predictable news sources, venture out, listen to people that maybe you wouldn't listen before. One of the things that I did over the last three years is that I really expanded my information pool. I didn't just listen to people that are on the same side of politics as me. I didn't just listen to people that are in just my particular demographic. I didn't listen to people that just had spiritual or religious beliefs that I had. I think it's really important for us to expand our way of including new ideas, new perspectives, different perceptions of the world. You're going to learn that way. You're going to go, wow, I never thought about that before. I never considered that before because we're used to so much of only relying on what's familiar to us, only socializing with people that are in our little pods, our little social circles. We don't really expand out. And I think what's been so great about this time that we're in, which I've called the Great Awakening, is that it's really opened us up to so many more kinds of people that we wouldn't be interacting with otherwise. And it's fantastic because you and I get an opportunity to talk. I get to listen to someone who lives in Norway that I wouldn't ever listen to before. And I really um, would encourage people to expand their, if they're on social media, start to follow people that you normally wouldn't follow. Hear what they have to say. You're going to learn a lot more and they're going to learn from you. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is a community if, if we allow it to be. And I think that, again, is one of the wonders of being human, you know, <laughs> I yeah. think that falling in love with being a human can maybe give some different perspectives on this transhumanism thing as well, because I think a lot of people who gravitate towards those things might have some issues with themselves and with their lives and they're seeking escapism. And when you are good with the messiness, with the learning process, you know, and then, and then the growing and the curiosity, then it doesn't become a thing of pain. It just becomes an experience. And, and I think it makes it easier to be here and to enjoy yourself and to endure the hard pieces. I agree with you, Laura, because I think that when I when I did do the research of the particular people that I researched, like the Mark Zuckerbergs or the Elon Musk or the Klaus Schwabs or the Ray Kurzweils, there really was this very noticeable difference in them to me. They do, as I said, they they seem not really content with life 
in human form they are like almost like you know on a on the spectrum or something you know they would be the kids in school that were probably the nerdy scientific kids and i look at them as adults today and they're like yeah let's get to another planet yeah let's make ourselves like you know computers and robots because that way we can live forever i mean they're obsessed with this you know mortality and they want us to be immortal they want us to live forever the biggest problem that i find with a lot of what's going on in this area is that I feel that they're pushing us in, or they're trying to push us in this direction. And I think it should be a choice. Sure. Like if people really want to go in that direction, go in that direction, you know, go ahead. You, you resonate to transhumanism, go for it. But if you and I go, like you said, I'm really happy being a human and I'm really happy living in this reality, not some made up virtual reality called the metaverse that Mark Zuckerberg, who has his own robot called Jarvis that he calls his intellectual equal. I'm like, okay, if you feel that you need that in your life, good for you. The good news is that the metaverse tanked. People just did not, they didn't, they didn't get into it. And I'm not surprised, even kids. It's like, if you've even looked at metaverse, you go into this virtual reality with, with an avatar version of yourself. It's like, it's so weird what is appealing about that and then you buy land on it and art on it and you meet other avatars i'm sorry i'd rather meet you laura in real time looking at you as a real human which suit you know suits me just fine i don't feel like oh i don't want to talk to laura i want to talk to her avatar i mean that that almost sounds crazy to me yeah it yeah. could be very well be just someone's crazy vision of the future and they want to suck us all into it. And you mentioned spirituality. How do you see that factoring in with uh, transhumanism? You know, spirituality is a very good question in relation to the vision of transhumanism, because one of the things that Ray Kurzweil writes in his book is like he wants us to be spiritual computers. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. And explain it. And what I realized is that their idea of consciousness is very, it's not a human consciousness, it's a technology con consciousness. And again, it's very um, devoid of human intelligence. Do you know what I mean? And that also means spirituality. So spirituality is something that's different for everybody. You know, spirituality to me is being aligned with nature and yeah. the beauty of nature or being aligned with something that you know goes beyond the material world and is more of the spirit and being that we all have spirits that inhabit this vehicle this vessel called the body i think that if you don't acknowledge that you know one of my favorite quotes is by pierre Teilhard de chardin french philosopher he said we are spiritual beings having a human experience you know, and if you don't recognize that, and I think a lot of those people don't, they don't think of us as spiritual beings. They think of us as that, oh, we're these sloppy, messy humans. Oh, we get sick and oh, we die. Guess what? We can be computers and live forever. Isn't that incredible? You know, it's so devoid of spirituality. It, it's really creepy, actually. It's very, very creepy. So, you know, spirituality, I think that if we stay connected to nature, if we really align ourselves with things that matter, that feed our heart and our soul, 
I think that it will keep us connected to the things that are more of spiritual in nature and not just in the material realm and also not to succumb to thinking that science and technology is the way that we're supposed to live yeah I think it takes us away from from wonderful things like having a baby naturally and falling in love and nursing someone who's dying you know those are messy things but those are things that can make our life full and give us meaning yeah yeah I think that you know a lot of those things are like you said it's messy it's painful Um, pain is part of human existence you know and I feel like these guys that I've mentioned it's like they don't want that they don't want to feel those things it's like they're they're avoiding it do you know I just think that that's highly unnatural there's you know when you start messing with nature and you start messing with what is the most natural elements of of the world and of human nature and the earth you're you're wreaking havoc you know really you're really creating all sorts of serious problems that could propose great threats to our humanity mm-hmm. so tell us about what projects and events you got going on so I've just been really busy. Um, I'm um, being interviewed a lot around my book, Time to Awaken, which is very exciting, like this interview with you, because I didn't know how this book would be received. And it's probably my most um, read book and successful book that I've written. So what does that tell me that people are really interested in these subjects more yeah. and more? Yeah. Um, I am working on another book, actually. And I am also a columnist for Daily Clout, which is uh, a platform that really talks about a lot of the things that we're bringing up today. And um, it's just chock full of information. So I've been a columnist uh, for Daily Clout for several months now. And um, I'm gonna focus on this new book. That's what I'm really geared up for. You know, I, I feel very, in this creative realm right now where where I want to write more things that can be illuminating to people so that they can wake up more, you know? So I'm, I'm going to probably put more attention on this book uh, Mm -hmm. moving forward. And how could people get in touch with you, follow you? You mentioned uh, Instagram, was it? Yeah. All my social media handles are my name or a Nadridge. I do post a lot of things on Instagram. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm not so much on Facebook, but I think some of my Instagram posts end up on Facebook. And if you want to go to my website, it's auranadridge.com. It's got a lot of stuff on there about things that I'm doing, articles, videos, all my current stuff. So it's, it's really got a lot on there. And if you want to order my books, obviously go to Amazon. Awesome. I appreciate you being here and sharing all of that with us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Laura. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you next time.